Oh, Lord. Lord, I just thank you today for your presence. Lord, that we can just fall into your presence, that you want to be one with us, that you are in us, that you abide in us. Lord, I just pray that all of us here today, each and every morning when we wake up, that we welcome his presence as a springboard that we can just jump and fall into your presence, Lord God, and go deeper with you. Lord, that our lives every day might be a prayer and a praise and a worship to you as we go about our daily life, the daily tasks. And Lord, that you call us deeper. And when those deeper things happen, Lord God, that your response is you parallel that deep and you match it, Lord, with your grace and your mercy and your wisdom that overcomes the deep. And Lord, that we can just rest in you and have no fear of what is to come, that you are always there with us. Thank you, Lord. I'd like to invite anyone that might, ha- <clears throat> that might have a word. The Lord is working something out in you or really speaking to you today. I know. Okay. I don't do this very often, but as I was sitting there in worship with my eyes closed, most people think I'm asleep, but I'm not. I have visions, and the vision. The vision that I had was place yourself in a, in a game board and the master is playing and he's setting his people in places statistically to guard, protect, to worship, to praise. And every one of us has a job to play and a place to keep. So when the Lord is putting something on your heart to do. Don't fight it. Go with the flow so he knows where you're, where you're at and that you're not resistant to what he wants you to do. For he is our God and we worship him, we love him. And when we don't do what he says, tells us to do, that is a disrespect to our God. So take one foot forward and step and praise God. Thank you. One of the things that we've been praying for is uh, for sleeping giants to arise. And for when those times when we are sleeping, when the Lord's calling out to us, or we, you know, feel like it's uh, a trepidatious thing to have to step off the cliff. But He's there, and He's the one who's the bridge underneath you, and He's the wings underneath you. So step out and trust Him and do what He asks you to do, because it is so rewarding, and He will bless that. Is there anyone else who might have a word? Hi, Dave. Hi, Sharon. Thanks. This kind of goes along with what Noel said. The Lord showed me that uh, he gives each one of us gifts. And the Lord says right now, 
Pick up your gift. Unwrap your gift. Use your gift. It's from the Lord. He wants us to have good gifts and to use them for not just our benefit, but even those around us. That's good. Good, good. We, did, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> so... Um, this morning when I was getting up in my own, uh, you know, in my own personal devotion prior time, I could tell it was, it, there was really something, a barrier there. It was, it was tough to, uh, to push through this morning. And so finally at one point the Lord just said, I just want you to rehearse, rehearse your blessings. You know, my blessing is I'm healthy, I can see, I can hear, I live in a nice, warm, safe house, you know, and just my kids are healthy. And so um, just kind of just going back to the very basics, um, as I just began to rehearse that, it, it was able to cause me to rise above whatever this... Um, Kind of contention in the spirit was, and so um, I just would encourage you to do the same. That if you're feeling, um, if you're feeling, you know, just maybe not as light, not as joyful. Maybe there's some heaviness, but just begin to rehearse the goodness of God, and. Um, I don't know. The great news is that we're all going to, we'll all be together in the end, and, you know, it, it's going to be good. What is, it, what is it you say in the morning? Put your hand on your melon. Put your hand on your, Put your hand on your melon and say, heaviness, heaviness, depression, doubt, fear, be gone. Oh Mind, work clear. Yes. Thank you, guys. It's gonna. This is gonna be a group participation activity. I don't know. I wanted to just do that with them as they put their hands on their own heads. Um, can you guys lead us? Just lead us through a prayer of what you kind of prayed this morning, and we will pray out loud as well. Let's just break off. Whatever, if you want to put it on top of your head or, you know, put it on the front of your melon, wherever you want to put it, if you want to put it on your heart, wherever, wherever that heaviness is at, wherever you need that breakthrough, let's just, let's just praise through. Let's, let's praise through. Can we initiate it with a, a, a breath out and breathing in the breath of God and cleansing us as well? Good, good. Okay. So, yeah, let's all just see. We'll just see that there's heaviness in us, and right now we are just releasing that. Uh, I think I saw it in a movie. Let go of bad. Breathe in good. And, Father, we do breathe in your presence, Father. We breathe in your goodness. We breathe in your joy, your delight. And right now, Father, we see ourselves crowned. We are crowned with who you are. We are crowned with your delight. We are crowned with your kisses. We are crowned with your embrace. We are shrouded in your embrace. And we thank you, Father, that you are, you happily, 
happily welcome us into your arms. You happily welcome us into your lap. And you say, come into my lap, and you go ahead, and you rule, and you reign. You have my permission. You have my delight. You speak to your enemy, and you tell that enemy to go, because I'm backing you up. Enemy, we say to depression, we speak to... We speak to heaviness, and we say right now, go in Jesus' name. We are children of God. We are children with a weapon. And right now, we go after our enemy in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for the name of Jesus. We thank you for your power. We thank you for... We thank you for that authority, and right now we take authority over any any influence that's trying to trying to bring us down, trying to hold us down. In Jesus' name, we take authority over you, and we cast you out. You be removed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We speak to our bodies. We speak to any virus, infection, malfunction, condition. We speak to any blockages in our arteries, in our veins, and we speak to those to be dematerialized and to be removed now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We speak to our hearts. We call our hearts strong. We call our hearts clear. We speak to our lungs, and we speak to our lungs that they are clear and that they breathe freely and deeply. We speak to any other condition in our body that's not supposed to be there, and we say, go now, in Jesus' name. Yes. Okay. You're up, baby. <laughs> and right now, we do speak to anything evil that would try to come against us, and we bind it with the authority and power of Jesus' name. We say right now, angels, Bind those things. Right now, angels, bring in good things. Prosper each one of us here, Lord Jesus. Right now, we say in Jesus' name that we have more than enough for every want and need. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was great. Thank you, guys. And Lord, I just ask right now for each and every one of us, Lord, that... We take that deep breath, and then we just succumb to you. We just succumb and surrender to you. Lord, that we just might fall back into you, that we let everything go and just fall into your presence, into that deep ocean that is your love and your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name. Whew, I feel happy. Someone slipped a happy pill in my water, I think. Oh, man. Hmm. Jesus breathed into the... <laughs> I can't even talk. Jesus breathed... What is that floating there? Right here. It's someone's down feather. Or an angel feather. Who knows? <laughs> there are micro-angels in the room. Jesus, there it is again. Get out of here. (laughs) Okay, land on someone if you're from an angel. If not, just go. Anyway, Jesus breathed into his disciples' nostrils and said, receive the Holy Spirit. One of my first encounters in my early walk with the Lord was in my living room, and I felt wind coming down on top of my head and I began to breathe it in 
and I, I label that as the time when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember the song, I remember the atmosphere. I was singing that old Petra song, take me in to the holy of holies, take me in by the blood of the lamb, take the coal, cleanse my lips, here I am. Yeah. All right, Smiths, you're going to sneak off. Have a good day, you guys. Have fun with your grandbabies, your, your legacy, your heritage. Children are a heritage from the Lord. All right, on. Well, we're not going to go too much longer, guys. Famous last words. <laughs> So, Isabel, why don't you go ahead and just put that first verse. Let's just dive right on into the Word of God. I, you know, I don't know about you guys, this is not a scripture that I've ever really used in my life. I've heard it spoken many times in the body of Christ. I've heard it declared, you know, you are not the head, you're the tail. I've never grabbed hold of it, but I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me this morning. The Lord will open the heavens get a little bit of echo. You mind to turn me down just a smidgen? I think that might be a little bit better. There we go. Not having that echo. Thanks. You're the, you're the master. You're the pro. <laughs> the Lord will open the heavens. So remember, this is Old Testament. How much more in the new covenant that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus. We sang it, that first song. The Lord will open the heavens. We have an open heaven over us. If you're a believer in Jesus, I don't know if you can picture it or just believe it or trust that it's there, but you and I have an open heaven. You can imagine that as a big opening in the clouds if you want, but the reality is you and I have direct access to the very throne of God right now because of Jesus, because the Lamb of God shed his blood, his precious blood for you and I that we could come boldly before the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace in our time of need. We are invited. We have an invitation there's that old Matt Redmond song, welcomed into the courts of the king, I've been ushered into his presence. I fall face down. <laughs> Whoa, man, I'm going to knock myself over by saying that. <laughs> man, <laughs> there's that feather again. Hey, <sighs> okay. <laughs> You and I, yes, baby, we have access to the throne of God right now. We have been welcomed into the courts of the king. Jesus on the throne right in front of us right now. He is enthroned on our hearts, on our praises, over this room, over this meeting. Where two or more are gathered in his name, if you're doubting it, there he is. He's in our midst. But I don't even need to quote that because you know you're a vessel, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You carry him everywhere you go. You have the Wi-Fi connection built into you upon your salvation in the Lord. You have received high-speed internet. The highest. Like you have, you're not stuck down here on earth. You're actually brought into the very, what would that room be called, Ethan? Come on, give me some, some techie terms. What is it, the, the thing that goes down all the time? 
when you're playing your game. The servers. The servers go down. Doesn't matter how good your Wi-Fi connection is. If your server goes down, then you're, you're gypped. But we have, we have been actually seated like the server. We have been seated with Christ Jesus himself in heavenly places right now. You're sitting in this room here in Bremerton, Washington at the Boys and Girls Teen Center, Vani. But right now you are seated with Christ you can just lean over next to him a little bit if you want. Just lean into him right now because he's here and he loves you and he's for you. He's not against you, Don. He is for you. He is not against you. He says it in his word, I am for you. I am not against you. So we have open heaven access. The Lord will open the heavens in the Old Testament, the prophet said. His abundant storehouse to send rain to your land in season and to bless all the works of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you want to say it to yourself, I'm going to say it to myself. I am the head. I am not the tail. And since you are the head and not the tail, he has placed a flame on top of your head. Just like in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit descended upon the believers in the form of a flame, the cloven tongues of fire, the tongues of fire that landed and rested on every head of every person. You have a flame. You have a flame. Isaiah chapter 60 says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Behold, deep darkness covers the earth. It's darkness is all around us, but the glory of the Lord has risen over you. Therefore, nations will come to the brightness of your dawn. Kings, and I can't remember how the rest of it goes, but you're going to carry your sons and daughters on the hip. And your face, you'll look and your face will be radiant. You have a light, you have a flame and it's on your head. You are the head and not the tail. If you hear, so let me back up. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You will only move upward and never downward. I'm just gonna declare that over you and me right now. You will only move upward and never downward. There's one way to go and it is up. It is up. You are the head. You're not the tail any longer. If you have tail thinking, it's time to break it off in Jesus' name. You are his bride, a glorious, sparkling, dazzling bride. Sorry, guys, the few of us in the room, Ethan, sorry. You're the bride of Christ. You have a wedding gown. As John saw in the book of Revelation, he wrote down, I, I saw the, the bride of the groom and the bride was, was uh, clothed in this sparkling, dazzling gown, radiant gown, which is the righteous deeds. It's the righteousness of Christ in the church being manifested. We reflect our king. We reflect the groom. 
As we behold his face, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we behold his face. We look upon the one who is seated on the throne. We've been ushered into his presence right now. At any moment you want to go in, you have access to go and stand before his throne by the blood of Jesus to look upon his face. And as you behold him, as 2 Corinthians 3 says, you are being transformed from glory to glory to glory. Upward, not downward. If you hear and carefully follow the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am giving you today. So I just wrote a few things down. We have an open heaven over us through Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in us. We are the head and not the tail. We are the thermostat and not the thermometer. I know it is so tempting for all of us. It's tempting well, it might be even more so for you um, to walk into this room even on a Sunday morning and see just a handful of people and you're like, well, where's everybody at? Maybe that's not even a, a thing. You know, I, I've gotten over that, that season because I know that I know that I know he's called us to plant this church and I know that he has a bigger dream than I have for what it will look like as it, as it unfolds. So I don't worry about that. In fact, I, I kind of like these smaller gatherings. It's a little more like let your hair down. And if you're a woman, some men have long hair, I guess. Let, let, your, let your hair down and just kind of relax. And this is pretend it's the living room, you know. But we have promises. We have the promises of God. And we carry the Holy Spirit. You know, there's, there's a mentality in the body of Christ that we need to go someplace where all the action is happening. That's, that's thermometer mentality. We need to go down to Bethel to get impartation so that we can get another fix, get infused, kind of like a drug addict, you know, getting another injection. Now, there is nothing wrong with going down to Bethel. We were just there in January this year. We went to the Randy Clark School of Healing and Impartation. That's what, what we were there for. We were there to receive an impartation to bring home. I want to make sure I'm clear that that's, there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a mentality in the body of Christ that you rely on conference to conference to conference. And if you walk into a room where there's only a handful of people, you stick your thermometer up in the air and you're like, mm, eh, there's not much happening here. That is not who Jesus has called us to be. We are the head, not the tail. We are influencers, high-level influencers in the, in the community. You carry the very life of God. The presence of the Holy Spirit is alive inside of you. I'm going to throw this uh, little slide up from Chris Gore. It's just a snippet of a book. We don't have this particular book. It's the book called Walking in Supernatural Healing Power. That was a, took my breath away saying it walking in supernatural healing power. The heavens are already open. We already carry the atmosphere of heaven. Just marinate in that for a minute. I carry the atmosphere of heaven inside of me. I'm like a salt shaker everywhere I go, or a jar, whatever, you know, a vessel. We talked about it uh, two weeks ago, I think, when we were busting our way through 2 Corinthians, the first four chapters. We have this treasure within these jars of clay. 
and this treasure is from God, it's not from us. We carry him. Imagine how our speech would change, how our thoughts would change if we really walked in that revelation like 24-7. I'm not trying to put that on you, but I want it for myself. I want to walk in that revelation that, you know, it's called practicing the presence. You can get that book for free online. Practice, practice the presence, the practice of the presence, practicing the presence. Just Google practice the presence PDF. It's old book. It's uh, by brothers. St. Augustine? Okay. It could be. I, I don't know for sure. I know I've read it. But it's, it's this habit, this practice of recognizing and acknowledging the Holy Spirit in you. I was driving, I've been driving Emily to OC every morning, um, and we've been having a, just a, a mild chat, not much chatty. We're trying to wake up still at that dark hour. And I told her, you know, sometimes when I'm just by myself, I'd just like to, to drive down Manette, the hill there and get my way to the bridge and just say, good morning, Holy Spirit, or good morning, Dad, good morning, Papa, you know, good morning, Lord Jesus. I just welcome you to flood my thoughts this morning. You know, we just need to initiate that conversation. We've got the Wi-Fi connection. He wants, we know he wants to fellowship with us. You know, I think it was, uh, I'm not sure which book of the Bible it is, but it's one of the epistles where I think it's John, probably first John. He says, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son. And then another place it says that if you have any fellowship with the Spirit, we can fellowship with any one of the members of the Godhead Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we have access to the throne of God. You can talk to any one of the three. Now, I wouldn't encourage you to start talking to the angels or Mary. That's just my opinion. I'll leave that between you and him or them or whatever, or if you're talking to the voices in your head. So anyway, we'll get back on track here. Tammy's looking at me like... Okay, back to the slide. That's where we're at. So the heavens are open. We already carry the atmosphere of heaven. When we realize who it is that lives in us, we can then carry and release that atmosphere. We can walk into this room every Sunday morning and begin releasing the atmosphere of heaven. Thank God it doesn't depend on me to do it all. I know this group of people and those that aren't here today. I know very well the hearts and the the thinking the way of believing that most of this church has and we recognize that it doesn't depend on one person but that we all can come and we can all release the presence when one of us is missing it makes a difference it's not about butts and seats it's about the body of christ coming together and celebrating and releasing his presence into the atmosphere Hey, two of us can do it, but it's even more powerful and and fun when we have a big group of people. Are we thermometers or thermostats? I'm a thermostat. That's my goal. I don't want to be dependent. If I come home and there's a little bit of chaos in the house, I don't want to freak out and ask Tammy, why is this happening? No, I have got the ability... Let me just boast on a gift that this boy right here carries. Ethan is an atmosphere shifter. 
I wrote on Facebook, and I saw that, you know, this day in fa on Facebook years ago. I didn't share it again because it, someone might get offended, but I'm going to make a shirt someday that says, Shift Happens. Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe that'll be our first church, Legacy City Church, you know, can have the little logo on the back, Shift Happens. This boy right here, that's his shirt because he is an atmosphere shifter. He can walk into a room, and because of his personality and his, his, uh, just his charismaticness about his personality, he can make everyone laugh, or he can make everyone upset if he wanted to. It's not hard. I mean, I can do that too. I need to start barking at everybody, and pretty soon they all start dropping faces. And, but, but we are, Ethan's an atmosphere shifter. We have... A thermostat inside of us and we can turn it up and release it if we take the temperature to determine if the atmosphere is right for miracles or whatever is the Holy Spirit in the room well I don't know are you saved <laughs> I'm sorry I know we, we all say this kind of thing because we talk about our history and we're like yeah the presence really wasn't in that place well and that's probably true you were probably sensing what the whole body and the leadership of that particular house was releasing and encouraging and recognizing. But the reality is, when we say that, I mean, th the truth is, he's inside of you. So yeah, he was there. In fact, you can walk into a room where not much is happening. Maybe the, the worship, maybe we could come in here on a Sunday and the worship seems a little just, typically Bethel worship's pretty spot on every time, but but I, you know, I have to really weed through stuff and get a good set for us to use for our own purposes here. And you know, it could be one that's a little just like, no, there just wasn't something that really was released in that. And we have an opportunity. We can either be worship connoisseurs. That wasn't my favorite song. I wasn't really quite fond of the playlist. Or we can say, we can skip the music. We can all stand here in a cappella and begin to bring the presence of God. When Tammy and I got the word at Galen's church in 2014 at that conference, and that girl, Crystal, said, I hear God say, you're here for clarity, direction, and you were to go plant that church. Not long after that, when I said, we don't have a worship team, she's like, you know how to bring the presence? Wow. Put, put the ownership back on the truth. You and I carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. You and I have a thermostat. We can be a thermometer if we want and, and just ignore who's inside of us and depend on what he's doing in a, everyone else's lives and what he's doing in the atmosphere around us. Or... We can be intentional. We can be the head, not the tail. We can go upward and not backward or downward. And we can press into an atmosphere where there's chaos breaking loose or just a heaviness. And we can, like we did at the end of this worship time, we, we can begin, <laughs> I'm going to speak in tongues. We can begin to break off that heaviness and release through our declarations the presence of God. If we take the temperature to, to determine if the atmosphere is right for miracles, then we have already missed it. Wow. So if there's anything you take home today that just kind of resonates and sits on you, 
Let it be that theme of if I fall into that, that pattern of seeing what's already released in the atmosphere, then you're missing it. You're missing out on what God wants to do because you can release it. But I had some notes about that. Whoa, this is not what I was supposed to be on. Oh, boy. I might have deleted it today, today's notes. No, I mean, I might have accidentally hit the button. Well, it was there. That's okay, because we're, we're ready to wind this up anyway. We should read one more scripture, but before we do that, let me just gain my, my uh, tracking here. You know, this morning, I, I was trying to get a sense of what direction God wanted us to go in, and I really felt this theme of empowering us, empowering us as a church to, I, don't, I hate to say take ownership, but in a sense, that's kind of what I'm saying, of what I've said up to this point. Uh, what I want to do is empower all of us to have that revelation, have that mindset that we carry him and we have the ability to shift the atmosphere. Imagine a church, this church, imagine as it grows and the majority of the people that are here have that mindset of we come and we release the atmosphere of heaven into the place. Then the majority is carrying, we're carrying the minority. Most churches, it's the minority, it's the, the leadership, the pastor and his assistant pastor and the worship leader and you know a few cell group leaders or whatever, they have the weight and the responsibility of carrying the whole atmosphere of a meeting. And people come, like thermometers, plop down on a seat, and they're like, hmm, let's see what God has for me today. Now, that's okay to be in that place. That's okay to come into a church and, and get fed. <clears throat> but in a house... If, if you have 100 babies that are all in high chairs wanting to be fed and you only have one mom in the room who's heating up the food, she's going to be frazzled by the end of the day. Imagine if you have a house with just 10 high chairs. How many babies did I say? 100? Okay, so, and one mom? Hmm? Yeah, so let's say you had 90 mothers, fathers, mature sons and daughters who know how to feed babies. Imagine we had a house full of people like that who, wow, we got, you know, most of us are able to take care of the babies and feed them and, and release, breakthrough, um, bring some deliverance to someone when we have a prayer line of people who begin to come in that maybe God wants to bring in as he gets us ready to minister to them. I'm just kind of rambling a little bit here, but this is just the picture that I get of what I, I see this church looking like in the days ahead, that there's this base, there's this foundation that's being laid in this church, a leadership foundation, just because, let me re, re back, back that up, not just because, the word leadership is for you. You are a leader. If you're leading yourself, you're a leader. 
if you're leading your spouse, that can go either way, or you're leading children, a family, maybe you're leading in the workplace, maybe you're leading somewhere, you're a leader. You don't have to be called pastor to be a leader. You don't have to go to Bible seminary to wear a title because a leader is not a title. We are all given the ability and the call by God to become leaders. Lead yourself at least. Feed yourself at least. I love it. Chris Vallotton said, you don't go to McDonald's and say, somebody feed me. <laughs> I, know, I know we use that kind of language in the church. We, we do want to be fed where we are planted. But we don't rely on on the church, on the, the leadership team to do all of the ministry. That's the old mindset. That's the old pattern. The Old Testament picture is the priesthood did all the ministry and the nation of Israel just came and they stood between God and them. The priesthood the, did all the ministry. But in the New Testament, we are all called to be priests and kings. We are all called to the ministry whether you're a stay-at-home homeschool mom or a mailman or whatever you guys are doing, you are a priest and a minister. You carry, you're a dispenser of the Holy Spirit. You can bring deliverance and healing and hope to a broken, hopeless person just by releasing. But if you don't know who you carry and you don't believe that you have the authority and the grace and the permission from God to release it, then you'll walk right past opportunities all over the place. I think the Holy Spirit is just dying to get out of us. He just wants to just bust out. We're going to read one verse, then we're going to wrap it up. Just so you guys can ever say, well, they don't ever read the Bible there. I don't, I don't even know which one it is. In my notes, got, I hit the delete button. Aha, yes, Second Peter. His divine power, that's the Holy Spirit living in you. Man, I'm getting that humming noise. His divine power has given us, you can step up closer with me. I don't want to get away from the speakers. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. I don't need a pastor to do it all for me. His divine power has given me everything we need given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. I love it when people say, you need to get in the word. You need to pray up and read up because the word of God is important. Exactly. If you don't know the word of God and get it in you, you can just be easily moved by subjectiveness and spirits that are deceptive. Like when the Mormons come knocking on your door. Now they send those cute girls, those sweet girls. And they, they look at you and they're like, hi, is there anything we can do? Have you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? And we love on them. We love on them. But, you know. What's that? You got a backyard they can mow? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, they will do work for you. I've never let them. I, don't, I really don't want to do that. But Anyway. Where was I going with that? I don't know. 
the Bible. We need the Word of God in us. Be, trans, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, perfect will. There you go, Romans 12, 2. Okay, I had to memorize that when I was getting baptized as a new believer, so I'll never forget that scripture, and it's life. It's my lifeline. You have everything you need for a godly life through the power of the Holy Spirit, his divine power, and through your knowledge of him who called you by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. I would say two things. That's the word of God, the promises in the word of God, and that's also the rhema word of God. When God speaks a prophetic word through somebody or speaks to you directly in the quiet and the stillness and you hear his voice and you know it doesn't contradict scripture, like there's nowhere in the Bible that says you're here for clarity, direction, and you were to go plant that church. It doesn't say that in the Bible. So God speaks to us and we have to discern and weigh, but we should never despise prophecy, the scripture tells us, but weigh everything. Okay, so we should eagerly desire spiritual gifts like the prophetic. So we should eagerly desire to get spiritual prophetic words. So I would say it's the very great and precious promises in the word of God first and those subjective prophetic rhema words that we receive. Through these he has given us very great precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature having escaped corruption in the world caused by evil desires. In other words, so that you could become more and more like Jesus. God has a plan, and it's to make you look like that long-haired, bearded guy named Jesus. No. But yes, Jesus, without the long hair and beard. I had a conversation with someone at the apartments up on the hill over here. Um, we were showing, I was telling her, about invited her to our church. She's a, a widow, and... Um, I think she would find some really good friends here. And I actually prayed for her husband when they lived just over here, and he was dying of emphysema or lung cancer or something. He was waiting for a, a transplant, and uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. But they sold the house, moved to Arizona, and he died. I didn't know that, but they, she moved up here and is at these apartments now. And her name's Mary. And I was showing her pictures of the churches so she can get an idea of what our gathering looks like. And I was like, you know, there's a really neat group of ladies I think you'd, you'd probably really enjoy. Um, but she saw the flags, and she said, is that biblical? I didn't, you know, run with that and, and uh, make my point. But I was telling Tammy this morning, I don't know, is coffee biblical? There's a lot of stuff that's not in the Bible. All things are permissible, the Bible tells us, but not everything is beneficial. So I think there's a lot of freedom. I think we can flag. I think we can have our coffee. You know, if you got the freedom and you're one of those kind of churches and you want to have beer, whatever, as long as you don't make people stumble. I'm not saying that we're going to start drinking beer. We know churches like that, home group the meal they have beer and food and then they worship hey, i like a glass of wine right no <laughs> jesus liked it too yes yep yep and paul even encouraged little timothy to have a little wine for your stomach problems because can't let that set you back yes it's good for your tummy
But if you struggle with alcoholism and if you had a sip and it would cause you to go too far, then you shouldn't do it. And if one of us knows someone struggles, it would be wrong for us to rub it in your face by having a glass of wine in front of you, making it a temptation for you or causing you to want to sin against your own conscience. Because really what it comes down to, you have to know in your own conscience what you have faith for and permission for in the Lord. Do you have freedom to do this? Because if it, if it causes you to feel like you're going against your conscience, then it's a sin for you. So if alcohol is, you know it's not for you and you, you feel it's a sin, then don't drink it because it would be a sin. But if you have freedom, then enjoy your glass of wine in the privacy of your own home or with other people that have that freedom. Anyway, now we're going way off into a totally different topic. Why don't you guys stand up? Why don't we stand up? Shake a leg, shake a foot. I would like to, you know, this, this sense that I had this morning <laughs> of coming to the gathering and just this whole thing of who we carry, our ability to create an atmosphere in this place of heaven, heaven invading this room, heaven invading our city, through this church, through our time of worship, and what we do here through our prayers and declarations. What's that? And our daily, and our daily lives. But I, I was thinking, you know, this morning I was thinking about this meeting, and in that, I know that some of us, we each go through seasons. Sometimes we are the ones that need someone to stand in the gap for us. That's okay. There is nothing. We would never want anyone to come into this place and feel like, well, they expect everyone to be leaders and everyone to be spot on with their game of knowing how to minister the presence of God and release him to people. I know that's not how it, how it works. That's, that's the goal, the picture that we would like to see us all moving towards in increasing measures of glory being transformed into that likeness of Jesus. But the reality is we need each other as a body of believers. We need each other to encourage and to strengthen. So I really saw this morning as an opportunity at the end, as we always do, but I really felt like it would be important that if you're here in this small gathering today and you want prayer, some of us who feel like we're, we're doing pretty good, you know, we feel like, well, I, I feel like you know, I, I'm not battling anything at the moment. I don't feel like there's, you know, a war that the enemy is just breathing down my neck. I don't feel like I got beat up on the way here. You know, then, then maybe you have something to impart and to pray and to give. Um, but if you want to receive prayer, we'll just open this up right up front here, and you can come up. Let's just do it this way. If you're facing this way, that means you want prayer. If you're standing here facing that way, that means you're ready to pray. Does that sound like a plan? So let's pray one little prayer, and then we'll pray some more. So I'm going to pray and close this meeting. So Jesus, we love you. Yeah, we love your presence, Lord. We are here for that one reason, because we want to know you. We want to walk with you, because you rescued us, you saved us. 
whenever it was years ago, and we surrendered our lives to you, we said, yes, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to have control. I want you to be the Lord and the King over my heart and over my mind, over my destiny, over my day-to-day. We're the ones that said that to you, Lord, so we are here for that one reason, just to be with you in the fellowship of believers, to celebrate you together, to honor the name of Jesus, to be encouraged and to be built up. So, Lord, we just say, come and have your way, not just at the end of this meeting, but come and have your way in each one of us as we go out of this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning to flood and infuse every part of who we are, our thought processes, our dreams, our plans, the quiet subliminal thoughts that kind of pass through our minds. Lord, we just want you to infiltrate and saturate every part of who we are. Every part of our bodies, Lord, we just, we yield to you today. We give to you and we worship you, Jesus, by offering all that we are to you in in your most wonderful, holy name, we pray. Amen.